welcome back to another episode of the Flight School Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Turner Medlicott, joined today by Jonah Lossi. Um, fun fact, I was actually uh, texting uh, Jonah and Adrian. Adrian isn't here today, big sad, but it, it's the case this summer. But I was texting uh, Jonah and Adrian the other day uh, from from my car that I have right now, and it was through like the the android auto and it was reading the text to me and uh turns out google totally gets your name right so first try so i uh i had no excuses anymore it was like text. yeah that's pretty impressive because like my own family gets my name wrong sometimes so like that's i was so proud i was like oh my god it said jonah lossi like perfectly i was like it knows this is amazing this is great I bet it still can't get Appalachian though, can it? Uh, it probably, probably still not. can't. Probably no. Probably still yeah. says something else. But how you been, man? It's been a, it's been a hot minute since you've been on the pod. It's been good. Life has been absolutely crazy. I I figured out that uh, you can have a social life again, even in a slightly limited capacity. But I figured out the world is uh, to the point where I don't have to mask myself in my own home and like regret getting out of bed every morning but you know instead of that i saved a 250 dollars before i even got out of bed today caught two subscriptions thanks to cement you know hey you hey. know grammarly <laughs> try to take 140 dollars on that re- renewed subscription that i didn't sign up for but hey you know but uh no it was a good day uh you know a lot of interviews long meetings and um just getting into the swing of things it's it's been a wild summer so far and I think it's only going to kind of continue to get crazier. So getting my sea legs, I guess you could say. Yeah. And we're, and we're going to need them this podcast because we have a lot of NBA news to catch up on because in the time that we were off, we had the draft and a bunch of free agency shenanigans to, to get through. Um, but I, I, I'm the same way. I actually, my my fun news for this week is that I'm going to start helping out with the marching band at my high school where where I serve. And that's been something that I've missed because I did it for eight years in high school and college and then couldn't do it with the kids last year because there was a whole, you know, panoramic. And uh, now I'm finally going to get to help those kids. Um, and it's really cool because they do like the classic HBCU style, like high step marching and it's totally a world that I don't know much about and it's gonna be so much fun because the kids are gonna know more than me and they're and they're just there's gonna be great. But let's get no, that's excellent. It. No, you can be you can be the coach that just like holds the bags. Like it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> I, I promise I promise he's doing things. Like we he's a volunteer. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> I, I asked today I was like, so do you want me to help out more? The I was talking to the band director. I was like, you want me to help out more with the the marching or the music? And he was like, have you ever high stepped march before? And I was like, nah, I did eight years of like, you know, the, the simple marching. He was like, yeah, we're, uh, we're gonna let you do the music. <laughs> I was like, no offense taken. Absolutely none. Oh, it, it reminded me of like, I, I respect the heck out of the UNC marching band. They're all amazing. Great friends, good family, good peoples. However, whenever the lot of y'all, I can't, I don't think you weren't there yet, but the lot of the UNC marching band came down and it was a home game in Keaton Stadium and NC A&T came in. Oh, yes. yes. I've, <laughs> Those I've dudes. seen that show. It's the best show we ever put on because 
not of us. They just, they just carried that. They just carried it the whole time. And I was like, yo, they're killing it out there, but they're only just not ruining it. Like, I was yep. like, they're only just not ruining the A&T show. It's just that A&T gets to play in front of 60,000 people. And that's the real show. And I love it so much. Exactly. Ah, no, Martian Band's always been a big part of my life because uh, Purple Thunder has a lot of respect. Western Carolina University. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They let out Macy's. They let out Macy's, baby. You know, like they. It's we. We. I've been raised in the culture. I'd have learned to respect it. Well, speaking of of leading the culture and and, and carrying carrying the forefront of of the team, the Hornets. Your your new franchise led the draft and it wasn't even close that was the best draft i think the hornets had had aside from drafting lamello ball and that was i mean that was a gimme pick so like other than that this is the best draft i've seen the hornets have maybe since they drafted kemba all i say is positive vibes are a hell of a thing and i can pick one hell of a bandwagon like i know i know how to like pick the right <laughs> spokes or whatever because like this regardless though my whole reason for switching was fun fun of sport it's something i've really been focusing on really is i don't get to watch sports like i used to and i don't really get to cover them right now anymore i might in the in the future at some point soon but like i want to be a fan and just laugh and laugh off all the crap and just enjoy every positive aspect of sport because I've been such a pessimistic, heart-wrenching fan, you know, who just like, I can barely enjoy the 2017 National Championship because Chris Jenkins, you know, no, but like, no, <laughs> and so the Hornets <laughs> are the opposite. I picked them because they're the most fun team in the NBA. Not only are they most the most fun team in the NBA, they got probably the, one of the biggest steals in the draft, and they got who somebody who a lot of people thought would go at six, maybe even five. Mm-hmm. In James Book Night, they got him at 11. So they got him for not only for a deal, but also kind of a steal. Didn't have to move any assets. And then because they didn't have to move any assets to get their guy, they got to move up to 19 and got get the guy who I thought they were going to draft at 11 and Kai Jones, who already has the highlight of the summer league. Like, exactly. So, like, so it's perfect. <laughs> no, it is perfect. And all I can say is I feel like, we need to get the you know mountain honey and lemon herbal tea ready steeping right now for eric collins is not going to have a voice left by like week two of the nba season <laughs> with kai jones and Lamelo ball on the same team like it's just not it's not going to work out to a, oh and he also has mile bridges and oh and he also has like xx y and z it's ridiculous there is too many lob options and i think Book night is exactly who the team needed. As much as I love Devontae Graham, um, more power to him. He took a good contract. He's in New Orleans now. They got another first round pick for him, who probably should have walked anyway. And that frees up space for Book Night. It frees up space for T Row, Scary Terry. And like this team is actually gonna be legitimately good. I think they could very easily get the eight seed, if not seven or six. Like I think they are a almost certain playoff team at this point. And that's what, and that's what leadership kept on saying and management kept on saying for the team this summer. And it was funny because when the draft happened and they took book night at 11, I was like, that's a good pick. That's a steal. But I was like, they really need a guy like Kai Jones. I was like, Kai Jones is just like the perfect fit. And now I don't think they're going to get him. 
And then when they got him at 19, I was like, oh my God, like it doesn't, the rest of the draft doesn't matter anymore. Like all I'm sitting here watching for is to see Dayron drafted. And then once that happened, I turned it off because I already knew what team won the draft. Like it was easy. It was done. It was over. I, I think that's only like, I think that's the second time I've ever yelled at a draft. Well, third time I've ever yelled at a draft pick, like in, in joy. I've, and they've all been in the last two years, all three of those times. Cause I haven't really cared about the NBA that much. You know, I've, I've been kind of coerced into being a fan. Like Derek Rose being drafted to the bulls made me become a bulls fan. And they keep, that's why he's my greatest player of all time in my, like my favorite player, because he is the reason I like the NBA. Same for Ben Simmons. I was like, I'm just hopping on to wherever this guy's going because it's it's got it's kind of a players league, whether you like it or not. It's a players league. It's a players um, league. It is, and it, I I yelped when Lamelo went to Charlotte because that means I got to see, in my opinion, who's going to be the most successful and most fun rookie in that draft was going to be three hours down the road, and I could see him any time I really wanted. Not that was before I was a Hornets fan. I was like, I get to see that kind of guy. Highlight factory. He's just down the road. That's awesome. Charlotte's a destination now. I did the same thing the year before when Kobe White was drafted because he's just a boy from Goldsboro, and I don't think I've ever been more proud of a Tar Heel being drafted. Um, it just it kind of welled me up a little bit, and I hooted and hollered a little bit. And then when Kai Jones, I don't even care about Kai Jones that much, but the fact that they got him a potential ten, top 10 athlete at 19 after already getting the guy i because i was like i was already stoked beyond belief that we got book night and then they, they got the guy that i kind of actually wanted was kai jones they got him later on i was just like screaming in my house and i was barely even watching i was just kind of like checked in and it was like the hornets traded to 19 i was like they did what <laughs> who's available kai jones are you thinking me oh man it's a good night it's a really good night it was it was it was a really good night, and I and I think it's fun to to have a team like that where you're getting excited for both the the future trajectory and the upcoming season because you're right, like the the Hornets should be a playoff team. They should be so much fun to see. I already went to a game last year. Once I recover from my purchase of. You would see football tickets. I'll go to a couple of games this year. Like, it's just going to be so much fun. And I think that that joy stands in such stark contrast to what a team that's trying to build to their future, like the Thunder did on draft night. And since Adrian's not here, we can just, we can just pile on the fact that I don't really know if the Thunder stocking up a bunch of first rounders is all is what it's meant up to be. Let's just say they are hilariously few bad picks that will inevitably be bust. Make me giddy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, no, Josh Giddy's going to be a bust. I'm sorry, Adrian. He is. And yeah, I, I'm already making puns out of your joke of a team, but like it is what it is. No one wants to be in Oklahoma City, so they got to get the guy that has no capital to want to leave because they're just – he coming from Australia. They're just going to convince him that's Hollywood or something. Like, he's not going to know any better. They're not going to allow him to leave the stadium when they travel. They're going to go play the Lakers. Nah, you sit your ass in the locker room. You're not going anywhere. No, LeBron, you get away. So even if he is something, nah, nah. Yeah, I, I, I now respect. I like Josh Giddy. Any, I always so find it hilarious that anyone has 
uh, Adrian, I think more than one person actually said, uh, it gave a LaMelo ball comparison. I was like, that's interesting for somebody that's been in the league for like 11 months. But like, yeah, like what? Yeah. I was like, well, also, LaMelo ball is potential. That's why he's so good. He's raw potential. And sure, he's already an amazing NBA player. But like, that's a, it's just a really odd comparison. And I respect him. He just, only reason I say he is a bust, I have a feeling about some people that I just do not like their draft stock. I like I respect that they're good players and they probably deserve to be picked high. I just don't like their stock. Uh, yeah. Examples: Frank Kaminsky hated it. Doug McDermott hated it. I think he's going to be a good player, but if he was drafted by the Hornets, Corey Kispert was going to be a bust to the Sun. Um, I think he's going to be a good player because he wasn't picked by my team. But, you know, there's just some players that are just like, I'm like, I don't like him. I don't know what it is. And unfortunately, Giddy is one of those guys. And I love that Adrian wants his sunshine. And I respected it. I backed off. I let him have his sunshine that night. But he ain't here. So I'm going to have to tell him that it's dusk and that it's a long night is all I'm going to say before there's the dawn. I'm not I'm not convinced because first round draft picks aren't going to pull the sun up any faster. It's still going to take well, a while. Exactly. And here's here's my thing. Like Giddy, I'm going to be honest, he'll probably turn out good or fine. I don't know enough about the kid. I mean, he's what, 18, 19? Like he he's so yeah, he's young 18. that it's hard to 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 get a feel out of him, especially playing internationally where we just don't get as much exposure to those athletes. But here's my thing. This this Thunder team just recently, since the draft, signed SGA to a max extension, uh, which they should have. He's their best player by a million miles right now. That makes complete sense. And so if that's the guy that you're building your franchise around, okay, all right, you get giddy at six. Doesn't make a ton of sense, but like, okay, two guards, cool. Um, I don't really know how um, – you know, Lou Dort fits into that, but okay, whatever. But then you, at 18, you draft Trey Mann, who is another guard. And then you trade up draft capital to get Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's like a guard wing. And it doesn't make a lot of sense if you're trying to build an actual team it just kind of seems like they've got like dudes with potential and assets which doesn't build a team it just gives you more things to trade away later and well, i, I would all they're planning to do yeah problem. but like i don't know if i was a thunder fan i would have been more excited by getting a guy like kaminga who's looked good in his his summer late league debut and would actually fit their team needs of i don't know needing a stretch four or a big guy to to anchor that team. They don't have any big depth or, or play really right now. And so it said they drafted what, like three guards. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Do you really think that Presti didn't try to trade up to three? You know, he did. Oh, absolutely. And but the Cavs weren't giving up Evan Mobley. They were, but that just means they had 18 first-round picks sitting in their pocket, and the Cavs are like, we'll take our guy. Thanks, though. And they're like, yeah, but like, what about five first-round picks? They're like, we don't care. They're immeasurable assets. We think this guy might be the best player in the draft in one of the best possible drafts in recent memory where there are probably four of the guys. Like, I'm not saying they'll all work out, but between Jalen Green – 
Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham. Those could be four future all-stars very yep. easily. Like, And this one of the few drafts where I expect one, two, three to actually be good. I think one of them is not going to be. I don't know. I, I My bet would be Jalen Green. But just because if he seems like a slightly erratic, he could also probably be the best one. But they wanted one of those picks. Hell, they probably wanted to trade up to four. And they couldn't. Because draft capital only gets you so far. It might help you trade for a star, but I think trading for a star only helps when you're ready to win, and they're not going to be ready to win anytime soon. And I'm just I'm I'm rooting for the Thunder to pull it out of the bag for the sake of Adrian Walker. Yes, but I'm worried that they're gonna pull a Celtics and have this trade exemptions. They're gonna have all these picks, and they're end up gonna s- draft a Semi Ojeley. And they're gonna draft, you know, a, a, a Nick, a, uh, not Nick Young. What's his? I already forgot his guy. The kid for Kentucky. They're gonna draft all these like random players that are in the mid-teens because that's what most of these picks are gonna end up being. And it's not gonna actually do much for you because they're not gonna be able to flip the assets the way they want to. Because you see, the teams that are winning are, tra- are trading in those assets. You know, <laughs> the 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 Bucks did a weird thing and traded away multiple first round picks for a above average point guard overall. Now Drew Holiday was integral to them winning the championship, but we can all say that he is not the best point guard in the league. Not by a good a good margin. Maybe the best defensive point guard in the league, except for maybe Ben Simmons, but like it's not and that's why they got him, but he's not the superstar. Right. And so they were a mid-market team that traded away a lot for one player. Even them, they're, they cashed in all their chips and like, we're, we're going to go win a championship. And the Thunder don't have the ability to do that because they don't have the guy right now. Shea, Shea's good, but he's not that good yet. No, Shea, Shea is probably a future all-star, but like he's the only one on that team that's even remotely close to that. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to throw the Thunder too much under the bus with Adrian not here to defend them. Um, it's hard to throw them under the bus when they're already diving under it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like that's thing. like <laughs> they're already terrible. I don't think they got that much better. So I guess rinse and repeat. Let's try it again next year. I don't know. They're bending Maybe. over to see what the speed bump was, and it just that's not throwing them under. They were already down there, and we're just you know. Oh well, but it's okay because because Adrian can have a new team to to pull for this year, uh, and Maybe I feel a like fan. Yeah, he can be a Hornets fan, or more likely, he's going to begrudgingly sort of become a Lakers fan because yeah. his, his, his fanboy guy, Russell Westbrook, um, got traded to the Lakers, which I've, I've had thoughts on. Um, before the rest of free agency happened, I thought it was not the best trade because we traded – Second round picks, whatever. Who cares? Uh, a late first round pick, who cares? Uh, but then we traded Kuzma, RIP, my Lakers jersey, um, KCP and, and Harrell. And Kuzma and Harrell are great, but like KCP was maybe our best three point shooter last year and is actually like a solid three and D type guy that I think was pretty essential. And I was going, okay, so we're going to have a lineup of Westbrook. AD and Braun. And at that point I was like, I guess Alex Caruso. 
uh, that was before he, you know, he left and got the bag. I was like, so who, who is shooting in this lineup? Cause if we're trusting Caruso to become like a 40% three point shooter, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but since then a lot has happened and I'm actually kind of intrigued with this Lakers team, but it goes back to your original point where what do teams that want to win right now do <laughs> they go get a bunch of guys who are like going to win right now. And then they say, screw their future. Like the late, this Lakers team has no future. <laughs> it has no future. It is the most sounds like every LeBron team ever. Like, <laughs> but like, especially at this stage, you've got Russell Westbrook, who's still good, but he's 32. You got LeBron, who's going to turn 37 this year. You got Anthony Davis, who's in his prime, but he's 28. Uh, you've got Mark Gasol, who's about to be 37. You got Carmelo, who will turn 38 this year. Ariza, who's 36. Wayne Ellington, that's my boy. Love him, but he's 33. We gave <laughs> we gave up um, uh, JaVale a few years ago, and now we got Dwight Howard back. He's 35. We signed freaking Kent Bazemore. He's 32. Like, it's all these old dudes who <laughs> are going to win a championship. And I like the roster, but it's like the future, I guess, is THT and Malik Monk, and then that's it. I was about to say you're missing out on the 2020 NBA six-man of the year, Malik Monk. Like, he is about to be showing out. Like, now it depends on how much they actually play him. But I genuinely think he might be one of your most important assets off the bench next year because oh. that kid can light it the hell up. Really I was can. I was genuinely worried about this team because I was like, you've got a bunch of old stars and we we've sort of solved the shooting problem. But as soon as we signed Malik Monk, I was like, that's the key. That's the youth. That's the spark. That's the shooting that you need off the bench. Um, and that is just the perfect. I wouldn't call him a glue guy because he's too young still, but like he is the perfect. He's kind of the opposite of a glue guy, actually, because he's more of the he's the fuck he's the he's the wild card is what he is. Like no one like, really knows. Yeah, he could definitely work out, or I could see some report that him and Westbrook got into like a fist fight in the locker room. Like either thing could happen. Um, I'm really excited for the first time that Westbrook yells at Anthony Davis for not trying enough, and LeBron's like. What the hell? This is this is my job. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. My thing is, I genuinely am not convinced that Russell Westbrook doesn't think he's the best player on that team, um, and he's not going to be trying to take the last shot. Like I, you know, you know, and like I just, I'm not convinced that he doesn't think that. You know, I genuinely think he thinks that. I I'm interested to see. I think this is the thing that gets me about this Lakers team that I like above all else analysis aside is last year, the Lakers were boring and not fun to watch. Like that, that, that Lakers team last year was miserable. Even when they were the best, one of the best teams in the West before all the injuries happened, like that Lakers team was terrible to watch, but now this Lakers team still could be terrible to watch, but it's still going to be entertaining. Like, they, it could be entertaining because Wes, Russell Westbrook and LeBron don't work, and then that's entertaining. Or it's entertaining because LeBron and Carmelo are our teammates for the you know first time. That's a great storyline. 
Um, or See, you, you got it's the difference between. I mean, obviously, you're rooting for your team. You're actually loyal. Respect that. I don't understand. It's the NBA. No one's loyal. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> I respect it regardless. But um, you know, it's it's interesting because the Lakers are now one of the most fascinating teams in the league because they're a circus, and <laughs> that's why there. It's like you go in. And it's going to work. And that's the thing. You know they're going to win games. You know it's going to work. But, like, it's kind of like watching a trapeze. It's like, you know, they fall sometimes. And you're kind of waiting for Russell Westbrook just to make the worst defensive mistake in Laker history and be like, you're like, what the hell is going on? How is this team winning the championship? And then LeBron's going to go off and make sure you win 40 games in a row or whatever. Like, it's going to be odd. I think the number one narrative I've heard about Russell Westbrook on the Lakers that I think is a genuine idea that helps them is that Russell Westbrook helps them with seeding because Russell Westbrook don't give a damn how much you want to play. He's going to make sure you play your hardest. And LeBron, second best player of all time by a large margin, is kind of lazy in the regular season. Oh, Not just absolutely. lazy, he, he's protective. He's protective. I'll rephrase it. He's protective. He takes care of himself. There's a reason he's one of the best players in the league still going into his 18th year. Regardless, he takes it, he takes it off at times. He do, he'd rather not get hurt, and he'd rather rest when he can. And Anthony Davis is kind of the same way. Hurt or actually hurt, like, you know, actually hurt or not. Russell Westbrook doesn't care. The dude, if the doctors didn't actually like strap him down, would probably play with a torn meniscus. He probably has played with a torn meniscus, you know, and he's going to help y'all's record during the season. I wonder, could he be a detriment to you in the playoffs? Because his defense is horrendous, not because of effort. He's just kind of boneheaded on D. I just don't understand what goes through his head sometimes. And he takes really bad shots a lot of the time. And if he shuts down and takes on more of that, you know, a more an overqualified Rajon Rondo, I've heard people call it, you know, he could be a huge asset in the playoffs, but I'm afraid he'd let his ego get ahead of him and it could be a detriment. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting because here's here's the bottom line, because the Lakers – desperately needed a secondary playmaker because we saw what happened when we were running THT as our point guard last year. That was not it. When LeBron left the floor, there was just no playmaking to be seen. And now you can, you can have lineups where both LeBron and Westbrook are going to be on the floor, which is going to be your starting lineup probably the majority of the time, but also you're going to be able to switch the two off and have all stars who are, are switching on and off, you know, run, running the team. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm also excited for Kendrick Nunn. I feel like that was like kind of an under the radar signing and also a, a good thing for this team. Um, but you're right. Like it's, it's a circus. I have no idea if it's going to, it's going to work, but like, is it going to work where they are a second round exit or is it going to work where they're making it to the finals? Um, and I think that's what makes it entertaining. And that's something that was missing from the Lakers last year and ultimately if, if you're the nba and you're the league the lakers being a circus and being interesting like that is only going to help you out because you have all these other interesting teams but they're gonna they're gonna drive your viewership and they're gonna drive all those other things um it doesn't help damn narrative that every lakers fan is so cocky that they could just get any player in the league because they can they just they're like I, the lakers like i want 
and they just go and get it. The only player that's not worked with was Kawhi Leonard. That's the only player that y'all wanted desperately. And he was like, no. Nah. <laughs> like, that's the only player. And then like, y'all and went, you have reports now that win a championship. That LeBron, because everyone was talking about, oh, Buddy Heald's going to go to the Lakers because they need a shooter. And then apparently Brown was like, yeah, but I'd rather have Westbrook. And they were like, okay, we'll get you Westbrook. <laughs> I like his it's, vibe, it's, though. It's a weird existence. Um, but it's it's one that's recently mirrored moving off the Lakers by the Nets because the Nets just signed KD to a, to a max extension. They also just got Patty Mills, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're they're surrounding. Uh, that, that might be the best free agent signing I saw this entire time. Like it kind of went under the radar, but I was like, dude, that's exactly who they needed. That's exactly who they needed. And then, honestly, I I know we're just gonna joke about how he's just gonna sit there and grab rebounds and kick it back out, but like, Dayron is also a perfect draft pick because. You need a dude on that Nets team who's going to be young and hungry and he can throw in there to be a, a presence in the paint and pick up the fouls and do the dirty work while all your your older superstars take a break or take a breather. And he's also one of the best passing big men that we've seen in a while. So he's going to be perfect at grabbing the board and kicking it out to a guy like Patty Mills or, uh, or Joe Harris or whoever. So I... Last year, we said, barring injury, they were going to the finals. Truly this year, barring any injuries, they're, they're going to the, the, the finals in the East. I, I love the Bucks, but, like, they reloaded, and they're getting healthy. They – true, I, I think they are the most talented team, and nothing should really step in their way. But I am fascinated by championship Giannis. I am more worried about championship Giannis than I am MVP Giannis because – MVPs are cool, but we know what every player wants. They could, they would, uh, any NBA player would be like, I, if I'm a starter on a championship team, I'll give up MVPs. I don't really care. They want to win that shit. And now he has both three years in a row. He's won MVP, MVP and defensive, defensive MVP. And then now finals MVP and won himself a championship. Now you can see it's like, well, we'll see what he has to prove and see how they re- retool. But Ah, he's he kind of proved to himself he's the best player in the world. Now, I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. But, <laughs> you know, he when he wants to be, he can be one of the best, if probably the best. He's top two right now, in my opinion. I genuinely think Kevin Durant is still better. Um, Kevin Durant is the most skilled seven-footer in the history of basketball. Um I, I think he's the greatest three-level score in the history of basketball. I he's I don't know. That dude is unreal. He's genuinely like he's the reason I love the Warriors. People hated the Warriors and they hated Kevin Durant. It made me love both of them exponentially because it was maybe the most fluid and exceptional semblance of basketball I've ever watched in my life. And he's only gotten better. And even after his Achilles, he's my, probably even a little better than his last year in Gold State. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane how good Kevin Durant is. So, yes, I agree. The Nets should win the championship. I just feel there's too much. They're too top-heavy. Yeah. I think they're a little too hop-heavy. And, and they're it, three stars you can't really rely on because they've both been, they all three have been injury-prone. 
So yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. In our in our de- tragically deleted episode, episode that never saw the light of day post finals. Me and Adrian talked about how much we enjoyed seeing championship level Giannis that finally took that next step, that like Braun like step where you said, "Screw it, I'm putting everybody on my back, and I don't give a damn about how you try to beat me. I'm just gonna score 50 points and uh, send y'all home." And that doesn't just go away if you're pl- even if you're playing KD and, and Harden and Kyrie. Like that's still gonna be there. So I think that's gonna be another really exciting series in this upcoming season. But I think this Nets team is gonna be even more fascinating because you've got these guys healthier. You've got KD coming off of his all right, let me put Team USA on my back after you know they struggled. And that those are the storylines at the top of the East. How crazy is it that Kevin Durant's shoe being a little too big is the difference between what what we think of Giannis versus what we think of Giannis now? Giannis genuinely would be almost a nobody in a lot of people's eyes. They'd be like, man, he's never going to do it. He's never going to do it. And you know what? This probably is might be his only championship, at least the next couple of years, because I genuinely think the Nets – are going to be too damn good. I think the Lakers are going to be too damn good. Like there's going to be too many people in his way moving forward where the Bucks and I'm not taking I'm not asterisk putting an asterisk on it. I'm not doing any of that. They deserved it. They're the champions and they should always be full champions in everyone out everyone's eyes. But there was a path to the finals for them. They had to work their butt off and come back from 2-0 down shore, but like it was a little it kind of lined up for them and it usually does for every team that wins the finals things just happen the right way the lakers last year we, I think they we were got the, the heat. most equipped yeah, yeah they got the heat and then and they were the most equipped to handle the bubble because they had the best player in the league and the most heady player since jordan like or it, i guess you probably say kobe throw kobe in there those three players are the most heady leaders in basketball over the last 30 years they had him through a pandemic and in a bubble. They were they were set. Like, you know, they they were great. And so it, it doesn't line up for each team. What I'm saying is I don't think it's going to line up like that again. And I'm interested to see, and I'm so glad it, we don't have to t- talk about this crap, like in the actuality, because Giannis is one of my favorite players in the league. As, much, as hard as I was rooting for the Suns, I am so happy for Giannis. He's one of my favorite oh, yeah. players in the league. Has been since he was drafted. Um, and it's awesome to see what he's doing, but the fact that his entire legacy might have been called a question over the next few years had Kevin Durant's foot not been on the line. That's just kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, Katie, Katie wears a smaller shoe size, and we don't get the miraculous finals run that Giannis put on after like turning his knee in the complete wrong way and it looking like it exploded. Like, that is mm-hmm. the definition of Giannis' legacies now, and it was so close to not even happening. And I'm so glad yeah. that it did because it makes the league that much better going forward because next year you're like, okay, what is a healthy Nets team versus a healthy Giannis doing the playoffs? And and, and then it's just – it's going to be really exciting. Um, but we should move on to, to another team in the East, or a couple of other teams in the East. Um, one that I have no idea how that – hell is going to shape out and that and that's the bulls because the bulls have made a lot of moves but i don't like and they're going to be better because they yes they signed DeRozan, and 
Um, yes, they they traded for Lonzo, um, but we talked about them a lot last year in winning basketball, and I don't know if this is a team that's built to win basketball games all that much. Like maybe they'll make the playoffs. Like yeah, I don't know. I just they did some things, but it also in the grand scheme of things, they they didn't do much in my eyes. And the only real thing of consequence that they did is they is they put Kobe White further down the depth chart, and that makes me angry. Oh, that's the one bad part for me, because honestly, dude, they became twice as good as they were last year. Like, genuinely. I genuinely think this could be a top-five seed in the East. Like, they are good now. I think Lonzo Ball is severely underrated. Um, he was made, made more threes. Made more threes made last more year. more threes. A very shooter last year at time. He had a couple dips. Yeah, very efficient. And what was a 40% shooter? Um, Zach Levine, um, I thought someone brought up a really good point. I heard listened to it earlier in the week. They said De- Zach Levine reminds me of a lot of uh, losing Devin Booker. Where, like When Devin Booker was doing all this crap and just sucked on like a really bad Hornets team and everyone just washed him out. And then all of a sudden, he got Kobe comps because he was in the finals. I was just like, hold the hold the phone like yeah cool <laughs> he's literally doing the same crap he's just in the finals like and he still shot like 33 percent from three or whatever like you know and i love Devin booker big fan huge fan of booker but it's that sort of thing where zach levine makes real winning plays a lot of the time he makes boneheaded plays and he put the bulls in a lot of positions for him to have to make a game winning shot last year um but i think he also was doing it a lot by himself and Vucevic, I think was, I think they expected more out of him, but also he's never going to be that guy. He's never going to be the second best player on a team, on a good team at least. And because he was the best player on the Magic, who were horrendous, and he was the second best player on the Bulls last year. Now he's the fourth best player on the Bulls, and yeah. that's kind of perfect for Vucevic. And so I think the one slip up is DeRozan. Because I think they paid him a little too much money. However, they are they are just going. There's cash in their chips, like I talked about earlier. They are pushing in the deck. And you know what? He's a pretty good defender, and he's an interesting scorer. You know, I think he could be a really efficient player on this team, especially if Lonzo and Levine help space it out. Vucevic can knock down a shot, and it's not a ton of defense, but Lonzo. It's a phenomenal defender. And I was Patrick just going to say. Says, yeah, and Patrick Williams could be an all-NBA defender in the next three years. Like, genuinely. That kid's and, incredible. And I know you're going to roll your eyes, but imagine a lineup where you have Lonzo, Caruso, and, and DeRozan on the court. That's going to be a pretty good defensive uh, uh, backcourt and, and wing. Like, now, listen, I still hate Caruso a lot less now that he's not in L.A. and he won't have the obnoxious, ridiculous conversation around him. And now, best case scenario, he's overpaid and I get to hate him. Like that's like, you know, best case scenario for him is he has a great career in Chicago, a team that I am partial to. They were, you know, my my most my second most recent team It went Bulls, Sixers, now the Hornets. I still love the Bulls. I love Kobe, and I'm always going to root for the Bulls partially because they're the team I've supported kind of the longest point in my life. But 
it it's awesome. I genuinely think their starting lineup is one of the best in the NBA. They have Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic. It's a hell of a starting five. And two of those guys weren't there. And they got, in most people's opinion, one of the best six men in the league with Alex Caruso. Like, you know, that's they just took a team that just finished 11th in a horrible Eastern Conference for the most part. Like, it's not the worst, but, like, the fact that you had the Knicks as a four seed, it was not a particularly good year for the East. <laughs> you know? No. It was fun. It was fun, but they weren't amazing. There weren't any amazing teams, really. It was very top-heavy. The top three teams were very good, and that was kind of it. I think the Bulls can push this year. I think they're going to be really successful. Um, and they could, they're going to upset some teams. They could – easily punch a team any they could beat anybody in the va with that roster like not maybe not in a seven game series but during the regular season they could beat anybody they're a very impressive outfit i love what they did honestly i i don't know if i'm as high on them as as you are and i but i think most of that hesitation stems from the fact that i haven't seen it all come together yet um but then again i have no room to talk because what do the lakers do every year they just like put Braun and AD and then well now Westbrook but like they just scramble a bunch of vet men's to, minimums together and see how it all works um and you've had Levine there you've had Vucevic playing with Levine for a year uh DeRozan is gonna be happy I feel like he was not happy in San Antonio even though he was posting career high assists like he developed a different part of his game when he's in San Antonio. I think it's a very interesting team, another fun team in the East. I think the Bulls are fun again, which I could not say last year. My biggest hope is again that Kobe White gets traded to a team that needs a needs a guard because on this lineup, I don't know what is he the 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 fourth or fifth like guard coming off. Like I, I think I hate he's gone. He no longer fits their timeline, and he's more of an asset. I. I think they're doing him a disservice if they don't trade him. Um, exactly. That's my only thing. Just trade, uh, just trade Kobe, and I will be, I will be a big Bulls fan. Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, it, it's I. They should trade Kobe. Um, though he is an excellent kind of him and Caruso off the bench is they're great spark plugs. Caruso is more the defensive guy. Kobe's more the offensive guy. Right, it allows them to have a lot of versatility off the bench, but I don't know. I think that's going to stunt Kobe's progression. Um, and not only do I like the guys they brought in, but they also got rid of two of the three people that I absolutely hated on the Bulls, and that is Cristiano Cristiano Felicio, who was just horrendous. I don't know how he was on the Bulls for so long. They got rid of Garrett Temple who hurt my soul to watch basketball last year. That dude was so bad. He, I never saw him hit more than a couple good shots in any game. It was just embarrassing. I hated how much they were paying him. And then the only person left on that team that I really dislike is Denzel Valentine, um, who I like as a guy, but geez, he's just really bad at basketball. Like he's just <laughs> not good at, he's just not good at anything. And it's really difficult. Um, I think they signed him to a qualifying offer last year. So how, I don't know what his deal is, but they need to get rid of him too. But no, the Bulls are interesting. I think they did the most, uh, I think they had the best free agency 
Uh, they obviously didn't really do anything in the draft, per se, but like I think they had the best improvement. They went from being a meddling team to a contender. Uh, maybe not a genuine contender, but a contender to be a second round. I was going to say a, a, a playoff team at the very least, which is, yeah. again, a huge improvement because they were terrible last year. And I'm glad you made that qualification because I think maybe one of the bigger free agent signings uh, trades that we haven't gotten to was Kyle Lowry to the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, couple with the Jimmy Butler extension. Um that Heat team was injured all over the place. Definitely not their full selves last year. Um, but the Heat could make another run. Now, I think they they have too much to get over in, in the Bucks and the Nets. But, like, I could see them in an Eastern Conference Finals. Again, especially with Lowry there, um, couple with Jimmy and Bam. Um and the re- I mean, the rest of that roster didn't really change that much, which is they didn't need much, but they needed a guy like Lowry to be the third star, basically, on, on that team. Um, See, well, I'd say uh, another interesting acquisition is they got Victor Oladipo back on the minimum. That's nice because he is just an absolute wild card. He could do nothing for them. It's not going to hurt them. But I think Depot could also be an interesting piece. I'm... Let's let's. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not very convinced by Kyle Lowry on the Heat. I think he fits their aesthetic. I think he fits their kind of grit grind kind of mindset. I don't know if he's gonna be that good. Um, it's gonna be interesting to me. I want to see Tyler Hero actually make a genuine jump again. And Jimmy Butler's been one of my favorite players in the league for a while, but he's just kind of inconsistent as a star. I don't really like he he makes you think he's a top five, top ten player in the NBA. He'll get like that finals. You're like, you threw your hands up. You're like, man, he's single-handedly going to will them to try to get two wins. And, like, by himself, he got the one. And, like, then he'll just go and stretch his injured, sure. But, like, injured guys usually don't play that bad. He's, like, one of those guys, like, if LeBron's hurt, it's still not an excuse to have 15 points. You know, if you're playing, you expect him to have 20, 25, 30. You know, I feel like Jimmy Butler is always been in that B tier and he's just kind of been allowed to not lead the team as much as he should. Um, and he's amazing. And I think it is turning over to Bam's team a little bit more in the next couple of years, but I just don't think they have what it takes to get over the hump. Um, I think they were stone cold dogs in that bubble season. And I think that, and I don't think Giannis was ready for the big time. Um, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do against the Nets. <laughs> oh, what are no, they, I, what are I they agree. Gonna, yeah. But at the same time, I don't know what anybody in the East is going to do against the Nets or the Bucks. So, like, I don't know. I feel like if I'm trying to pick out who that third team in the East is going to be, I would I would hedge my bets uh, on the Heat because the Knicks didn't really get – they didn't get worse, but they didn't get any better. Now, the Hawks are up I might coming. give it to the Hawks. I'm not giving I'm the Hawks. I, I the Hawks are the only exception because they surprised a hell of a lot of people, me included, in in the playoffs, and I know you included because you. I mean, you were cheering for the 76ers at the time in the playoffs last year, and uh, barely. I mean, I I was yeah, so you were, depressed yeah. during that series. I was so over but it the whole time. Trey Trey Young, we talked about it then, became the most 
fun villain that the league has had in a like villain in quotation marks like everyone still loves Dre like but he was just yeah. being snarky he was being fun um and I think yeah I mean they've re-signed John Collins to a long contract um they got I think a steal in the draft with um what was it Jalen Johnson that they got from Duke mm-hmm. they got him at like 20 which with his I mean he's a wild card again but with his ceiling that could be a huge addition to their team. So I think it, it's maybe the Hawks, if they can replicate, I think they've got the, the coach to do it, but I think they maybe fall back to, down to earth just a little bit. Um, and But their trajectory, I think, is they're going to be one of those top three, four teams in the East for the next four or five years. I think a big one too is depending on we 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 kind of we I think we had planned to mention it. I don't know how much time we have to mention it a lot, but like Kimball Walker um, could have a revitalized season and carry up the Knicks. I think the Knicks would be um, that'd be awesome for him. Um, I'm rooting for him big time going home. Oh, absolutely! Playing, but I think he's in like he's like a Cal Lowry. It's like he could be a great addition, but his injury history and everything. I'm saying if he is as good as he could be, they could easily be. They could get back to being that four seed. I think the Knicks can still do that in an actual, in like an actual four seed, (laughs) not the yeah, no, an actual four seed. I think it's very clear the Nets and Bucks are going to be one and two. I, I am not convinced by what the 76ers are going to do because, yes, Ben Simmons was a travesty in the playoffs. I'm not going to defend that. I still think he is one of the better players in the league. Uh, simply for the fact that I think he is still the best. He was the defensive MVP in my eyes this last year. He's the best defensive guard in the league. He is the most versatile defender in the league. That is a tremendous asset, no matter which way you paint it. I don't, I don't trust they're going to get the right guy. Like, I don't know who they're going to trade for because you see some of the places that he might want to go and that doesn't really fit. But Daryl Morey is going to be real antsy about this and i don't think he's ever had to deal with clutch before um and we uh, and as a lakers fan you know all about clutch gets what they want <laughs> yep clutch decides what is gonna happen and it happens ben simmons signs with clutch i don't know what's gonna happen because and he's not doing himself a lot of service by he, I mean, he's not putting out workout videos, not doing this, that, or the other. He's not working with the Sixers, which is not a good look. But I don't know if they're going to get anybody that's better than him. And if you downgrade, I don't know what that means for you because they're going to be worse defensively, almost guaranteed, um, because he is, again, the best perimeter defender in the league, in my opinion, or at least one of the top three. And they're not going to get one of the other. They're not going to get a Giannis or Kawhi right. from Ben Simmons. They're not going to get someone of his caliber defensively. And that loses a lot of the essence of the team. It'll be better spacing. but so And Ben Simmons was able to carry that team at different points to get them the one seed. Because are you really going to tell me that you're going to put all your eggs in Joel Embiid being the MVP level player again in the last 82 games? Because if he goes down and they don't get a proper guy to carry the torch, I'm not too convinced by the Sixers. No, and not. that's and that's why I didn't even mention them because, like, yes, the talent is there, but I just – last season was the season, and it didn't happen. And yeah. they're being passed without a great 
way to keep up, I think is, is ultimately what happens with, with them. Um, but I think that covered most of the, the big free agent stuff. We, we did get the news today that poor, poor Dennis Schroeder signed a mid-level exception with the Boston Celtics for one year. Um, that dude lost $74 million by betting on himself, um, which is, I, I, I actually hate to see it because like, yeah, we got Westbrook instead of him, but like the NBA is a player's league. I'm here for players getting money. Like players don't make bad decisions. Most of the time teams do. And this is one of those few occasions where Dennis Schroeder maybe should have bet on himself to a certain extent and not, declined that that four-year contract extension from the lakers for 80 something million because now he's he's still making good money but he's he's making 5.9 million and uh i don't know yeah you, you, you hate to see it all around uh, people play a lot of what if games this wasn't a what if you're a lakers fan you know they offered him an 80 million dollar extension mid-season and he turned it down just betting on yourself like Oh, well, you might get an extension. And people you overuse that phrase a lot. Jimmy Butler is one of the classic examples of bet on yourself and get, get your money, get your bag. Dude, you had the extension with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the most storied franchise in the league. And you were like, nah. Nah, I was. like, dude, even if you earned $100 million, you you weren't going to be with the Lakers. <laughs> you are going to do that. You are going to play for... Minnesota or something like yeah, you, know, like, you weren't gonna be playing for somebody that you actually wanted to. I I, I don't know. I I mean I wish I truly wish him the best. At, at times he was a great addition last year, it just didn't work out. But I hate to see that he's lost so much money in the process. And who knows? I mean, maybe he really does bet with him on himself. Plays this one year in Boston, absolutely shows out, and then he gets himself a big contract. There's still a chance for that. Um, but I. <laughs> You just you just hate to see guys losing losing the bag, fumbling the bag like that. Um, but that's okay because that's in direct contrast to uh, maybe not getting the bag, but all of the the heels that are showing out in summer league. Like this might be the mo- most tar heels that we've seen in the summer league concurrently in a bit because we got Dayron who we've already talked about. Yeah, we've got we got Theo. Uh, who's now going to be playing for the Bucks? So please get Theo a championship. I want to see Theo on a championship team. That would be amazing. Um, you got Cole, you got Nas, uh, Joel Berry, and Kenny Williams reuniting on the Hornets. And then the biggest surprise to me, and I love this, I, I know it's probably not going to turn into anything, but Sterling Manley getting a shot with the Bulls in the summer league is is absolutely spectacular like that is that is my win of this the summer is that sterling manley is actually getting a shot with an nba team um yeah sterling was a huge shocker to me um just for the fact that i mean i know it just proves that he's an incredible athlete like we saw it in the one chance he got against duke at the end of the game like he looked great (laughs) like i was like damn it i know if he had a chance to get it together. He's an amazing player. He's the guy I've rooted for. Whenever we got those uh, three players, who was it was um, it was Garrison, Dayron, and Brandon Huffman. I knew. I thought Sterling Manley was the best of the three from the jump, but the reason he couldn't play is because he broke both each of his legs in high school. And you're like, man, you got to have some luck eventually. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and. 
I've never felt so bad for a UNC player uh, just to just couldn't get off the ground. And seeing he has a chance, uh, small one, who cares? The fact that he got recognition to be invited to a summer league roster is incredible for him, and I'm very proud of him. And I hope he can stay healthy. And even if he don't make the league, I hope he has a tremendous uh, uh, overseas career because we've Ex- seen some great UNC greats do that. And I think it's going to be um, awesome to watch him develop if he can stay healthy. Exactly. No, and that's that That was my point exactly. Is like this is a guy that if you told me at the beginning of the season last year was going to get a summer league invite, I would have been like, no, there's no way. He hasn't played that. Like it's just – it's such a feel-good story. And it's, I don't know, I think he's the one I'm happiest about other than Dayron, um, other than Theo being on a, on a championship team. Do we think Theo is, like, is Theo guaranteed to be on this Bucks roster or is he still got to fight his way to get there? Because I know he's not on the Knicks anymore. I wouldn't say it's a guarantee. Unfortunately, the NBA is cruel. Um, it, it's a tough, it's a tough duck to crack consistently. And obviously, I think he should still be on the Nets. I don't see why they let him go. Yeah. Uh, between his his uh, teamsmanship, um, how much he was beloved by the fans. He looked great when he was out there, and they just kind of let him go for no real reason. And then he did the exact same things to the Knicks. Um, and I thought he was actually worse on the Knicks. And the shine, the shining lights he had for the Nets, he was incredible uh, for those short spurts on a worst team, sure. Um, but no, I don't think it's a guarantee, but I think there's a good chance because the Bucks assess good talent and he is a kind of a mix between a defensive general floor general wing which are really rare i he's kind of if i had to be really kind of mean about it but he's kind of a poor man's andre iguodala is all how i've always kind of talked about theo benson and yep. uh, it's a rare kind of talent and i know that's something that the bucks love and i could see him finding his way onto that roster and potentially vying for a championship next year i'm i'm crossing my fingers because that's the biggest thing that uh that I want to see happen, but seeing as seeing as your internet is is sort of dying on us as we go across the finish line, that'll probably be where we end things. Uh, we have <laughs> as Jonah throws up his hands, but we have uh, we have football stuff to talk about, but we'll save that for next week because real football is, is back this weekend. The Premier League season, uh, Norwich City Jonah's team is back in action, so that's the real highlight of the next week we can get to this american crap uh next episode uh but that being said thank you so much for listening uh you can follow us on twitter at flight underscore pod uh until you see us next week or listen to us next week rather uh go go watch some soccer go watch some premier league this weekend you'll you'll have a good time just just take it all in (laughs) all right bye (laughs) y'all